school or not so much. It, it affects how we go to sporting events and even how you go to school or don't go to school, one or the other. With all the weird things that have gone on, you might be asking yourself as boys and girls, what in the world do we have to be thankful for? Well, there were a few things right there on the screen. But we have a lot really to be thankful for. Life is something to be thankful for. The fact that we're able to breathe and walk and talk and see and get around. Family is something to be thankful for. Houses to live in. A lot of people don't have. We passed some homeless people uh, on the way here uh, out under an, an overpass, and that's, their, that's the place where they live. F- having food to eat is something for us which to be thankful. Freedoms that we have in our country, health that we have, the Bible as God's word, eternal life promised to those who believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and had God, Savior. And most of all, we have God. If we didn't have any of these other things and had God, we'd be rich beyond all belief. So here's a a command from the Apostle Paul, boys and girls. In the New Testament, he says, Be careful or worried for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. That means listing the things that you want from God, that you need from God, with thanksgiving. Not just saying, God, I want this and this and this and this and this. But saying, Lord, here's what I'm asking for, but I want to thank you for what you've given to me. I want to thank you for what you've done for me. I want to thank you for being my God and loving me and giving me the family that I have. He says, do that. Let your request be made known unto God. Another place, and it was the verse right up here, and everything give thanks by prayer and and, and the, the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. He said, this is God's will, that you're thankful in everything. And then one more, and it's a warning. Because that when they knew not God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became worthless in their thoughts, and their foolish heart was darkened. So if I understand that verse, we're to be thankful for everything. And if we're not thankful to Almighty God, something's wrong. We need to be thankful even for the year 2020. Nothing is out of God's control. The COVID virus is not out of his control. Your life situations are not out of his control, and he's still providing all of our needs according to his riches and glory. In fact, if anything, we should be more thankful that God is caring for our needs in such a difficult time and such desperate days. Let's thank him together right now, boys and girls. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our Father, we want to say to you thank you for all the blessings that you give to us on a daily basis. God, the abilities to wake up in the morning, the ability to breathe, the ability to be able to drink a glass of water, to have breakfast to eat, to have clothes to wear, to have a house to be in that's warm and accommodating, to be able to then go through the activities of the day with you by our side, being our guide, being our safeguard, being our high tower, our place of protection, our God, our Lord, our King. Thank you for all of that. Father, may we not be ungrateful. May we realize that all of the good things we have come from our Father in heaven, And so, Father, we appreciate that, and we ask you to bless us today as we look into your word and to see what you have to say about gratitude and thanksgiving. And may we be more thankful than we have been, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk about a theology of thanksgiving, and that may sound a little bit boring. I don't know. Uh, theology, some people kind of glaze over, their eyes glaze over when you say the word theology. Uh, but I'm telling you what, there's a lot of good things to learn uh, about Thanksgiving. And uh, 
Psalm 136, verse 1, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his good, for his mercy endures forever. And guess what the second verse is? Oh, give thanks to the Lord, to, to the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. It's almost an exact repeat of 2 and verses 3 and verses 26 of Psalm 136. The phrase to give thanks or to be thankful to God uh, is found at least 98 times in that exact form of giving thanks and many more times in variations. So there is a, a theology of thanksgiving if theology, in fact, is defined as a body of religious beliefs and theory systematically developed, and that's what theology is. So it's, it's a body of, of religious beliefs and theory systematically developed. So we look at a theology of thanksgiving. You've probably studied about the pilgrims, right? You probably know the story, some story about it. I remember uh, hearing about the pilgrims landing at Plymouth Rock. And I remember one time when we were on the East Coast, uh, we went to the little village, and, and they said, do you want to see Plymouth Rock? I said, yeah. And I actually, I said, I want to see Plymouth Rock. Where? They said, over there. So we went over there, and I'm standing on this kind of a, um, kind of a boardwalk thing, and I'm saying, I don't see it. Where's, where's Plymouth Rock? And some guy was walking by dressed up in the attire of a, of a Plymouth colony. And I said, where's Plymouth Rock? He said, down there. And there's this little rock. This little rock. Like, you know, I'm thinking, how do you know that's even the same one? Someone might have picked up another one and thrown it in there for crying. I, I was thinking this big rock where they stood with a flag, you know, and, and, and maybe uh, the cross. And I, I don't know what all. But anyhow, uh, the pilgrims and the so-called Indians, we used to call them Indians, the Native Americans, um, the modern Thanksgiving holidays kind of fashioned uh, after a memorial traced back to 1621 and even before that in 1619 uh, to events that took place in Massachusetts. The, the feast was a celebration of thanksgiving because that uh, people had lived through a, a very terrible, trying, difficult winter. Many of them died. Many of them didn't make it. So instead of getting together and lamenting the, the, the great loss of life, they got together and gave thanks to God and put together food and ate together. Uh, there's there's that, that history of barely surviving the har harsh winter and, and, and yet Prevail, uh, the prevailing theme was one of thanksgiving to God because we made it. And one of these days, we're going to get through this COVID thing. And when we get through this COVID thing, we can look back and say, you know what? All glory to God. We made it. We're here. And if we don't make it, we're going to be in heaven, which is even actually pretty nice to think about sometimes, right? So uh, that's, not, that's not all bad in itself. Uh, You know of George Washington's proclamation, I read it just a few moments ago, and Abraham Lincoln's proclamation, very similar in 1863, not to mention every president since then has made a proclamation of thanksgiving. So the idea of giving thanks is celebrated by many different nations and cultures, but they are not the ones who invented thanksgiving. God is the one who invented it in his word. In the King James Bible, uh, and, and it will vary a little bit in different translations. The word thanks is found 75 times. The word thanksgiving is found 28 times. The word thank singular 27 times. Thankful three times. Thanked past tense two times, three times rather. Uh, thankings two times. Thankfulness one time. A total of 139 references in the word of God to the idea of being thankful to Almighty God. So let's look at the voice of thanksgiving first of all. In Psalm 26, 6, uh, the Bible says, I wash my hands in innocence. Um, 
bare and empty of sin and go around your altar, O Lord, proclaiming thanksgiving aloud and telling all your wondrous deeds. So this verse 6 has to do with the priestly duty. When they would go in to, to perform their priestly duties, they would first of all go to the water and they would wash their hands. And in washing their hands, it was a, it was a cleansing, a physical cleansing, but it was also a ceremonial uh, cleansing, a kind of a metaphor for I'm confessing my sins to God. I'm, I'm getting forgiveness. I'm being cleansed right now. And they would march around the altar uh, proclaiming thanksgiving, the Bible says, and telling all the wondrous deeds. So uh, it, it's verse 7 teaches that thanksgiving is not just something to feel, it's also something to tell. Who have you told about what you're thankful for? Who have you shared, with whom have you shared, your thanksgiving in this season? It's, it's your testimony. It's letting people know that I'm grateful, I'm thankful for the provision of Almighty God. Some translators say this means to sing aloud a hymn of thanksgiving for the mighty works of God. When we have uh, communion here, I, I love to have us sing the chorus, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free. And if that's, again, if that's all we had was, was the salvation of God, that's so much. So many people in this world don't have that. So many people in this world don't have a relationship with God. They don't have the knowledge that their sins are forgiven. They don't have the opportunity to tell people about the thanksgiving that, that fills their hearts for eternal life that God has given to them. So I, I want to ask you, have we confessed our sins to him? Have we washed ourselves in the blood of the Lamb? Are we purified? Have we sung aloud his mighty blessings? Have we shared with others the blessings that God has given to us? Let's make this holiday season a time of doing just exactly that. Then there's the offering of thanksgiving in Psalm 50, verse 14. Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Isn't that interesting? When I think of sacrifice, I think of a bull or a lamb or maybe some turtle doves that were sacrificed and offered, maybe a grain offering, sacrifice to the Lord. But God says here in his word in Psalm 50, verse 14, to, to offer God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows unto the Most High, and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. So we're to make a holy sacrifice to God. Give him thanksgiving today. Put your thanksgiving on the altar today. Perform your vows. Keep your promises to God. God, things are going well, keep your promises to God. If things are not going well, keep your promises to God. Uh, just do what's right. Simply call to him in your day of trouble and trial, and he'll deliver you and, and, and give you a reason then to give thanks and keep your promises to him. Next we see come into his presence with thanksgiving in Psalm 95 too. Uh, we come into his presence with thanksgiving. We make a joyful noise uh, to him with the songs of praise. Uh, verse 1 tells us to sing unto the Lord by making a joyful noise. Now, I've heard some of you sing. And, um, and you've perhaps heard me sing, and it, it can be described as a joyful noise. Uh, not necessarily melodious, but a joyful. So you don't have to be a great singer to sing praises to God. Thankfully, we have some great singers up here, uh, but we're to sing the praises to Almighty God. We're to thank Him for the blessings that He gives uh, to us. Come into His presence with thanksgiving. 
We don't have to be in the, in the temple to come to his presence. We come to his presence wherever, when we come to this place. We go to his presence when we enter our prayer closet at home. We come to his presence if you're driving down the street and you begin praying to God. We come to his presence if you're washing dishes and, and all of a sudden begin, uh, begin uh, thinking about God and the blessings of Almighty God and how amazing he is and how wonderful he is. We come into, you know, that's the beauty we have. We don't have to go to some physical location to be in the presence of Almighty God. He is everywhere. He is with you when you're, uh, when you're overseas, and he is with you when you're on a ship, and he's with you when you're in your house, and he's with you when you're in school, and he's with us no matter where we are. So when we pray, when we worship, when we assemble together, we come to his presence with thanksgiving. In Psalm 100 and verse 4, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. What does that mean? Enter the gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. The gates and the courts specifically had to do again with the temple, the temple worship. They would go through certain gates and, uh, and then they would wind up in the, in the courtyard, the court for those that were uh, coming to, to worship the Lord. And they don't have to be specifically at the temple today. They're typical or metaphorical rather than literal. And they extend to all the faithful, to all the places of worship that we go. Be thankful to his name. Give thanks to him and bless his holy name. By the way, if you've ever been over there, you know that the eastern gate, the one through which Jesus rode uh, on the foal of a donkey, that gate is, is blocked up. It's shut down. It's completely sealed off. But one day it's going to be open. And one day, Jesus is going to ride through it again. And when he does, he's going to establish his millennial kingdom, his rule and reign. A thousand years. He'll never be voted out. He doesn't have to be elected. He's not going to be impeached. He's just going to be God, and he's going to be king of kings and Lord of lords forever and ever and ever. What a great day that's going to be. Psalm 107, verse 22, again, talks about the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Let them offer the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And tell of his deeds in song and joy. You see how much uh, song is involved with giving thanks to God? Um, I have a routine that I do every in my devotions every day. I I read through uh, Old Testament passages, New Testament passages, generally a psalm or a proverb. Every day I do that. But also have a book of hymns and gospel songs that gives kind of the backstory to them, and I post them every once in a while. If I don't know the song, I don't do it, because I, I, you know, but, but when they resonate with me, because it's a song I grew up with, I, I post it. But do you realize how many of the songs are, are giving thanks to God and, and are acts of worship, and acts of praise uh, because of his great uh, work in, in our lives? And so uh, sometimes I, I'm usually the only one there at the, at the breakfast table, so I'll try to sing it and hope I don't wake the dead uh, all around me, but uh, but it's good to, it's good to sing praises because you're saying them and you're hearing them when you say them, and it reinforces that attitude of thanksgiving. And again, he calls it a sacrifice of thanksgiving, and and we're, and it's a testimony in deeds of his deeds in songs of joy. Verse twenty of that psalm Psalm one hundred seven tells us the people were sick because of sin. I, I wonder. Is COVID a judgment upon the people of this world? I wonder. Is COVID, I mean, you know what? Uh, one of the promises they had was that pestilence would not come upon them. They wouldn't have the diseases like the other nations had if they followed and obeyed God. 
That was one of the promises on Israel. You realize that? Israel was also an exceptional nation. There's Israeli exceptionalism. Back when they followed God, back when they knew God, back when they obeyed God, and because of that, he said, none of these diseases will come upon you, the diseases of the Egyptians. And God can certainly protect us, and if he allows these things to come, maybe it's judgment. Does that mean everybody who gets COVID is wicked and, and, and deserves it? Not at all. It just means that God's protection, his, his, his tent of protection is removed and things come to us that otherwise would not. If we would seek him, if we would follow him, if we would obey him, if we would love him, if we would be grateful to him as we should. But regardless, if disease does come, God can still heal. It's not always his will to do so. We studied that in the books, in the study of miracles. We know that sometimes it's not his will to heal, but he is able to. <clears throat> and when he does, <clears throat> we're to thank God. And when he doesn't, we're to thank God. Uh, they were told to praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works, whether things work out the way we would like for them to or not. They were to make it a sacrifice of thanksgiving God. An offering is an act of obedience. A sacrifice speaks of the expiation of sins, atonement. Thank God that we can do that. Thank God that we can be grateful to a God who's healed us through his word. He's healed us of the worst disease there is, and that is the, the curse of sin. We're healed through him. By his stripes we are healed. Have we made known his deeds by singing his praises? To the heavens as an act of, of worship and gratefulness. Then there's a supplication of thanksgiving in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. <clears throat> I need this today. Do not be anxious. And that anxiety means a distracting care. The tense of the word meant that there was an ongoing action on the part of the Philippians. Uh, don't be anxious. Don't continually be upset and anxious and worried about anything, about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, crying out for personal needs. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Be anxious for nothing, but preacher, what if I get COVID? Be anxious for nothing. What if I get laid off? Be anxious for nothing. What if the kids are having issues? Be anxious for nothing. We need not be nervous. We don't need to be walking around anxious, filled with anxiety, quivering, and sh uh, shaking like a leaf on a tree. But instead of being anxious, we're to, we're to uh, take the prayer, take our prayers to God, our worship, our devotion, and, and we're to cry out for personal needs and for national needs and for family needs, and, and we're to do all that, sprinkled liberally with thanksgiving for the blessings he's already given not just asking for more, but thanking him for what he's done. Anxiety is real. Anxiety is exacerbated by a series of triggers, things like traffic, things like the coronavirus, things like relationships, things like money pressures, things like moves, <laughs> things like electronic uh, connectivity and Facebook for crying out and Twitter and Tweet and Parlor and We Me and Me We and We Who and 
threat of nuclear war? Not so much anymore. <laughs> it wasn't so bad when all we had to worry about was nuclear war. <laughs> that, that was a breeze. Man, just every once in a while, crawl under your desk at school. That's to protect you from the nuclear bomb and the fallout. Combat? Certainly. You guys and gals who have been on the battlefield, man, alive. Talk about reason for anxiety. Politics? Oh, for heaven's sake. What else? All kinds of things. All kinds of things. It causes anxiety. But anxiety, praise God, is curable. And the prescription is given right here. Prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. You're anxious about something? If it's, if it's there and, and it worries you, it's enough to, to rob you of peace, then it's enough to invest some prayer with thanksgiving and supplication. And if we obey Paul's admonition in Philippians 4, 6, what is the result? Verse 7, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's the promise. No matter how anxious we are, if we will pray with thanksgiving and supplication, then we will have a peace of God that will descend upon us that we can't even explain, and it'll keep our hearts and minds. The Bible says in the last days, men's hearts will fail them for fear. You know, keep your hearts safe. Don't be anxious. Keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And verse 9, be and the God of peace will be with you. So now, that's a different thing. The peace of God, that's something he gives to you, and the God of peace will be there. But not just the peace of God, not just that. It is the God of peace will be right there alongside you. So how much is peace of mind worth to you? How much more is peace with God to you? How much is it worth? There's the vigilance of thanksgiving, because sometimes we can be so overwhelmed by things that we, we forget. Our vision gets blurred, right? And we, we, all we can see are the, 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 the issues and the problems and the things that cause the anxiety and the, and, and, and the potential for uh, the potential even. Things we worry about that don't even, haven't even happened yet, but we think maybe they will happen. So, so we need to be vigilant with our thanksgiving. Colossians 4.2, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Colossians opens with Paul's assurance that he was praying for them. In Colossians 1.3, he says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. He says, I am praying for you. I want you to know I am praying for you. I called my cousin this morning in Kentucky, whose husband just passed away with COVID. And I, and I asked her if I could pray for her, and she said, please. And there's some comfort in knowing that people pray for you. I appreciate those who pray for your preacher. It, makes, it means so much. And, and so Paul is, is assuring them, I, we always thank God uh, for you and when we pray for you. And it closes with a request that they pray for him in verse 3. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open up to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I'm in prison. So, so he's, he tells us here that we're to, I pray for you, you pray for me, but he says to do so being watchful. What does that mean? Being watchful and it with thanksgiving. It means to occupy oneself with prayer. It means to be persistent in prayer. It means to be loyal in prayer. Beyond that, it means to stay awake to be alert, to be on. It's kind of like guard duty. 
You don't fall asleep on guard duty. You're going to be in a world of hurt and, and a lot of trouble if you fall asleep on guard duty. He says, be vigilant, be watchful in prayer uh, with thanksgiving. Be grateful for what God has done and what he is, is doing and what he's going to do and what he's given to us even in the midst of trials. And then we're to receive the blessings of God with thanksgiving. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, now the Holy Spirit speaks expressly, in other words, in no uncertain terms. And in the latter times, some shall depart, will put away from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits, misleading spirits, and teaching doctrines of demons, divinities, messengers of the devil, through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. <clears throat> in other words, their moral evaluator is opposed to God, and, and they're not able to know and discern between good and evil. You, you ever wonder why this society seems so out of control? You ever read something and say, how can they think that's right? How can we think that allowing rioters to burn and loot and, and to go unpunished, how can, how can anyone think that's the way to handle a crisis? And yet, in Portland, it was going on, uh, what, a hundred and some days? I don't know if it's still going on or not. We don't want the police in here. We don't want them interrupting what we're doing. We don't want to arrest people who are rioting and doing all that. Why do people think that's right? Because they don't have a moral compass. They don't have an understanding of what's right and wrong. If you base your understanding of right and wrong upon human factors only, you're going to go straight. You're going to, go, you're going to be off the mark. That's why we have the Word of God. We have the Ten Commandments, and from that we have literally hundreds of commands in this book, and from that we have tens of thousands of commands on the law books, and when they're based upon the Word of God, there's, there's some, uh, they've got some credibility. They've got a good foundation. But when we base it on the human whims and, and, and our own ability to think through things, we can get messed up and we can get warped really quickly. So they don't understand. Their consciences are seared like a hot iron. It's, it, it's, it's scarred over. It's not sensitive anymore. It's cauterized and desensitized to right and wrong. And he continues, he said, they forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God's created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Paul said the Holy Spirit's making something very clear in this passage. A sign of the latter times is apostasy. And I'm going to tell you something. This country, uh, since 1950, uh, has, has taken a U-turn away from God. Even unbelievers back in the 50s, 40s and 50s, would still have a respect for the things of God, still have a respect for the houses of worship, have respect for the Word of God for the most part. But we're in an age of apostasy, a falling away, a retreating from, a turning from. <clears throat> and, and he says here they're going to pull away from God. <clears throat> but, but when you go away from something, you go towards something else. And when they pull away from that which is godly and that which is right and from the person of God, then they wind up uh, following after misleading spirits and doctrines of the evil one, horoscopes and tarot cards and the God delusion by Richard Dawkins and others and evolutionary thought and socialism and communism and excising Christianity from the fabric of our society. That's where we find ourselves today. I don't know how accurate the polls are, but when they say, <clears throat> they ask people about the, the significance of God and, and lives and, and they give 
<clears throat> just a very small minority of people who even give thought to God being in their lives on a daily basis, it's a frightening thing. They, they, they've, been branded, they've been branded as prisoners of Satan. They have no sensitivity to right or wrong. <clears throat> they do not value marriage, he says here. God values marriage. <clears throat> they teach us wrong to eat certain things, even, even clean things that God says is okay to eat under Mosaic law. By contrast, God teaches us to receive good things from his hand and to be thankful in doing so. <clears throat> Thanksgiving is something. It's more than just a holiday. It's more than just a day of turkey and football. God help us. That just shows what's happened to this nation when, when the day of Thanksgiving established, as you, as you heard uh, from Washington's proclamation, a day to remember the Almighty God, the blessings of Almighty God, the provisions of Almighty God, and His providence, and all of that that I read at the beginning of the service. And instead now it's getting, it's overeating, and, and it's watching football. And I'm not against football. I'm just saying, I'm more for Thanksgiving. I'm more for Christians being thankful and articulating that, and letting people know why we have that day and what it means to us. And I want us to participate <clears throat> in letting people know how thankful we are. Voice your offering. Voice your sacrifice this year in Thanksgiving with songs and prayers and grateful reception. We're going to do that, in fact, in just a moment, we're going to do that. So come on up, praise team. God has done so very much for us. We've got to be on guard to always be thankful, not just once a year, but every single day. I think, I think Pat, every day, I think every day since the middle of March, I think every day, I have, we have prayed and I've said, God, thank you for keeping us well today so far as we know. I don't know if I'm well or not. Some of you would question my mental health, <clears throat> but as far as I know, I'm well, and I'm thankful for it every day. We've got to be on guard. We've got to make sure that we're vigilant and being thankful for what God has done. So what has God done for you? Have you thanked him? Have you thanked him for the year 2020? <clears throat> in all things, we're to be thankful, amen, even in the year 2020. Let me read one more verse, and they're going to sing us, lead us in a song. What can I give back to God for the blessings he's poured out on me? Psalm 116, verses 12 through 19 says, I'll lift high the cup of salvation, a toast to God. I'll pray in the name of God. I'll complete what I promised God I would do. I will do it together with his people. When they arrive at the gates of death, God welcomes those who love him. Oh, God, here I am, your servant, your faithful servant, Set me free for your service. I'm ready to offer the thanksgiving sacrifice and pray in the name of God. I'll, compete, I'll complete what I promised God I'll do, and I'll do it in company with his people in the place of worship, in God's house, in Jerusalem, God's city. Hallelujah. And that's Psalm 116, verses 12 through 19. Well, we're not in Jerusalem, and we're not in Israel, but we're in Southern California. We're in Coronado. We have a lot to be thankful for, and I want us to stand together, and Praise Team is going to lead us in the doxology, something that a lot of people sing every single week. So let's stand together and lead us in this wonderful chorus. Praise. 
Our Father in heaven, we do thank you and just appreciate so much your blessings, Lord. Thank you for everlasting life through Jesus Christ, your Son. Thank you that we can have the opportunity to be able to get into your word, to understand our responsibilities to you, a holy God. And so, Father, I pray that we'd be grateful even for this year, that we'd be grateful for uh, your blessings, your provision, your watch care over us, your promises even for a future. God bless us, we pray, and help us this Thanksgiving season to be very thankful, and not just on Thanksgiving Day, but every day of every week, we pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. I'm going to ask you to wait for a moment. Daniel, would you come up here? And we have uh, Daniel and Katie and Naomi who are going to be going to Arizona. Uh, to, he'll be going to Grand Canyon Seminary and uh, will be studying to be a chaplain in the United States Navy. So we have, I'll tell you what, I'm excited for this family. God's going to do great things through them. Uh, how many years have you been in the Navy? Seven now. Seven now. Okay. And then, uh, so he knows what the Navy's about, and uh, we'll be going back to help uh, Navy personnel know more about Christ. So uh, we're not going to gather around them and touch them because of COVID, you know, um, but you can reach out, okay? Reach out and, and uh, act like you're touching them right now, but let's pray for this family as they leave. Father in heaven, we're so grateful for Katie and for Daniel and for their faithfulness to you. Uh, the years, the time that they've been here at First Baptist Church. And I'm so grateful and thankful for your call in their life. And Lord, I, I know that you've led them to the place where you'd have them to study, to learn how to be a spiritual leader uh, to the military. And I pray, God, that you would help Daniel in his studies. I pray that you would bless Katie and help her to be uh, the very best chaplain's wife in the whole world. Father, I pray that you would watch over them. Thank you for their faithfulness to you while they were here. Thank you, God, that they, they came all the time. They participated. They did what needed to be done. And, Lord, we thank you for that. We pray your richest blessings upon them now. God, do a great and mighty work in their life, we pray. And all of, people, all of God's people said, amen. God bless you guys. We'll be praying for you, all right? God bless you. Thank you for watching. Thank you for being here. Next week, Lord willing, how to cleanse your mind. All right, be sure to be here. You need it.